Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Fontline Social Podcast. Uh, today, we got to talk to Joe Boynton, who's best known as the frontman for the band Transit. Uh, we talked to him about his early musical influences and uh, also his upcoming uh, projects for the future. Uh, he's also part of a podcast at the moment, the You Gotta Hear This Podcast. Uh, the guys over there really get into depth um, about music. And uh, John Nolan from Taking Back Sunday is also on there. So if you're a fan of those guys, definitely go and look that up. Um, thank you once again for listening to this and uh, hope you enjoy. Cheers. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you so much for um, for making time to do this. It's very, uh, well, you know, 9 a.m. That's pretty early in my book to, to <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing, man. Um, yeah. How, how are you going? Good, man. Everything's great. Um, just been working a lot and, uh, you know, still working on music and yeah, man. Um, just trying to stay safe through all this craziness and, uh, you know, still, uh, keep in touch with friends online and that's pretty much it, man. Pretty much like, you know, a lot of others, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm, I'm good. You know, just, uh, in the same kind of way, just kind of coping, uh, with being inside, which is, it's kind of dragging on a bit now. Uh, yeah. but yeah, we're, we're all finding our own little creative outlets and stuff. So, so for me, like, you know, I'm, kind of really into music i like talking to people like yourself and writing articles and stuff and it's uh yeah it's really great and speaking of that you're kind of doing something similar right because I've, I've been watching the the podcast that you guys have been doing with uh john from taking back sunday and the yeah. other people, you got to so hear this podcast yeah it started from a, just a uh, a text message thread um because i live I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I moved from Massachusetts down here a few years ago. Um, and then uh, John was living pretty close by. And uh, I've been friends with uh, Adam from Taking Back Sundays, uh, Adam Lazar's brother, Nathan, for a long time. Um, so that's how I kind of got, um, you know, hanging out with them. And, you know, we also, Transit also did a, the Tell All Your Friends 10 year anniversary tour. Um, so we met them there and then we did a walk tour with them as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, we just started talking about music in a text message thread and recommending bands, which is like, all I want to do is like have text message threads or group chats, like about music and about writing. And that's like the best part of just cell phone in general, in my opinion. Um, so, uh, that's how it started was just the text message thread. And then there was a podcast called favorite, least favorite, um, that, a few of them did already. And, uh, then they kind of, that, that kind of went away. I think, I don't, I don't know why, uh, but, uh, but they did a few episodes of that. And this is kind of just like the second round of that with a new name and then me being included. Um, and then, you know, just, just mainly focused on music, but I love it, man. It's fun. It's just, it's just something to do. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to listen to, you know, and, and anyone listening to this, I, I, you know, go re recommend that you go do check that one out because um yeah it's so cool just to hear like musicians sit down informally and chat um because you know like uh, i think it's nice to have an interview right but i think you know you get a lot more for the viewer anyway it's um a lot more kind of fulfilling just to see like guys that you know sit and like talk about you know their favorite band like favorite tracks you know um and really get into that so yeah i hope that that does continue um yeah. but yeah so, so talking specifically about yourself um for a moment we're kind of really interested to get into um your kind of early musical life and uh, any kind of formative experiences and influences um from that time that kind of uh, set you off you know yeah for me music started with the beatles i had a i had my dad's uh cassette um like walkman so i had a walkman with like the metal strap and the foam little like uh 
little uh, headphones on the side. And uh, I had two cassette tapes. I had um, Sgt. Peppers by the Beatles. And I had the Simpsons sing the blues, which was uh, <laughs> the Simpsons doing a blues album. Um, so those are like my two first pieces of of two albums, first two albums uh, ever. And I would just listen to them sitting on the floor playing with Legos or connects uh, for hours. Um, and I remember my favorite song um, by the Beatles when I was younger being Eleanor Rigby. Um, that song changed my life for me. Like when I first heard stay what you are, that was a big moment uh, by hearing stay what you are from saves the day. But the first moment I had like, wow, music is for me was probably Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. Hearing that was like the moment I needed to know how important it's like the first time you ever played Mario brothers or Zelda. You're like, wow, video games are amazing. I love this. It's my favorite thing in the world. That happened to me with uh, Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. Nice. And was this, so this was presumably before you kind of picked up any kind of instrument, you know, this is just on. Yeah. My dad played the, uh, plays the drums, uh, played the drums for fun. And, uh, he's really into music, had a lot of, uh, records around a lot of vinyl records. Um, and I think he really wanted to, uh, make sure that, uh, me and my older brother at the time, um, were, uh, were musically inclined and, and, you know, just appreciated it. So I had guitar lessons, uh, like a couple of times, uh, really wasn't really, uh, I didn't really stick with anything fully. Uh, when I had any kind of lessons, uh, when I was a kid, I wish I could fix that and go back and really give it, uh, full attention. Um, but, uh, but no, um, I learned guitar just a little bit. Um, and then, uh, my older brother did as well. And then, um, yeah, so music was important, but it was it was up there for me where it wasn't just something on the side. It was like the coolest thing in the world, just like Nintendo was and Sega and Super Nintendo. Those all were kind of my world uh, at the same time, video games and music. Yeah, nice, man. So you said with the when you first started the lessons, it didn't kind of grip you immediately. Uh, no. Right away. <laughs> No, anything that felt like lessons in school, I, 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 my mind's always wandered everywhere else. Um, I did really bad in school uh, growing up, and uh, I, I just, I just wanted to go explore. I was like, I wanted to just be outside and, you know, make up stories and play games with the neighborhood kids and climb, you know, build forts in the woods. That was like another huge part of my childhood was just getting away um, from any kind of like structured anything and uh yeah even stuff that i loved if it was lesson based i'd be like nope i'm out yeah (laughs) so yeah when you call it practice it makes it seem boring if you do music practice right so uh, what was kind of what kind of flipped you around on it then obviously was it maybe going into adolescence you started playing with other people perhaps did it become uh what what kind of you know made you want to pursue it um so sixth grade um I met who's one of my closest friends, best friend, uh, my friend Carl, and uh, he actually married uh, my wife and I. Um, he was the one he ordained, like he he, did, he ran oh, our wedding, and uh, he um, he pretty much got me into I would call like any type of arts, like um, really into like movies, like classic movies, and we would just watch movies at his house like for hours. We went through like almost all of IMDb's like top two fifty. Um, and then really got into music. He was always the friend that was like, Oh, you got to check out this band. And then you don't. And then it's like months later and you're like, dude, I love this band. He's like, I told you, I told you about that band. Like I told you, you know, comeback kid was great. Or I told you 
Cohen Cambrio was going to be <laughs> massive and all these bands though. He, he, I feel like he was really responsible for rekindling, um, my love for music and, um, playing in bands. Cause we played in a hardcore band, a melodic hardcore band called breaking waves. Um, which we only played about three shows and, but I played guitar. I wrote the guitar for the band and did backup vocals. And this was the first band I was ever in that played a show. I was always in bands, but we'd always just practice. Like we had to try to be in, try to start a bunch of metalcore bands. Cause I really liked hopes fall and poison the well. And then that none of those, none of those bands ever played shows. And then um, our hardcore band played about three shows and then um, a band in my area, general area, about two towns over from where I grew up, um, sounded kind of like Old Saves the Day. And word was getting around to everyone else in the scene, in the local music scene, that, you know, there's this awesome band from Stoneham and they kind of sound like Old Saves the Day. And um, I guess a, musically a little bit like Bouncing Souls. And I was like, great, I can't wait to see this band. So, um, skipped, uh, skipped going to, uh, I was supposed to study for a test. Um, this is kind of fast forwarding, but this is in, uh, like freshman year, uh, freshman year of college. And, um, they, uh, yeah, yeah. So I was supposed to study. And then I remember, I remember, I remember uh, taking the train, taking the MBTA, um, and then going to Stoneham, Massachusetts, seeing transit play. And then them saying over the microphone that they didn't have a singer and it was two friends that were filling in just kind of one was screaming and one was singing and they were just kind of improvising the lyrics. And they were like, if anyone wants to try out, um, you know, let us know, let hit us up on MySpace or, you know, whatever. And, uh, I talked to Carl, who was, you know, the singer of my band at the time and, uh, breaking waves. And, uh, he was, uh, I talked to him about it that I was kind of interested and he goes, okay, yeah, do it. That'd be awesome. And I was like, okay. So I didn't even have a car. He, he dropped me off. Uh, I remember he picked me up and then picked me up from the train station and then dropped me off at, what was it? Uh, Cadoba or uh, Chipotle or something where transit was. <laughs> and then um, I went to, I went from there to Tim's garage and then he played acoustic and uh, it was a song that we never put out. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, but, uh, but I showed him what I had and uh they liked me enough where they were like, yeah, we want you to do it. And I had no idea how big that was going to be. I had no idea how much that would change my life from that moment of them saying like, yeah, we want you to, to sing. Um, and uh, I just remember being like, cool, I got to do, you know, I'm going to sing in a band that I like more like this. I like this genre of punk more than this genre. And I get to sing instead of playing guitar, which I was insecure about anyway. So I was like, great, I'll do it. And that's kind of how it started. And we were going to be called this time around, and we were going to be called, it was either this time around or transit. And then I remember Tim asked me, you know, what name would be better. And we kind of made a group, a, a vote and uh transit one. Um, so, yeah. That's interesting, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of, you know, that grassroots garage band kind of feel and it just, <laughs> you hit, hit at the right time and you just kind of blow up. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, man. Um, when you said you're into kind of a bit more insecure about playing guitar than singing, that's, uh, that's, that's weird. That's kind of backwards, right? Cause if you ask most people to sing, they're like, oh, I'm kind of shy. I don't want to do that. So how did, why did that grip you specifically? Do you think the singing? I, I don't know. I mean, it's punk. So what's so beautiful about punk and hardcore is it's for everyone. Like you, you don't have to be, you can be insecure. You can have a rough voice. You can have, you can hit flat notes 
it doesn't matter. It's, it's more of an, it's, it's a, such a powerful outlet. It's such a welcoming outlet, um, that it didn't bother me. I, I was listening. Um, I, when transit started, I was listening to a lot of get up kids, a lot of mineral, um, promise ring, um, American football. Um, so, you know, not a lot of those bands that besides get up kids, um, you know, um, they're not really known for soaring voices or perfect, perfect notes. It's not about that. It's about the feeling, uh, and the words, the lyrics and the feeling. And I had all of that at that time in my life to give. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's just certain personality types that are just like, fuck it, I'll do it. And yeah. I was so shy. Like when I did, I did a um, movie podcast with uh, my friend, Derek Smith from elementary school. I've been, I'm not, not super close, but, but acquaintances. And we talk about music and we talk about the Beatles every once in a while, but we weren't like best friends growing up. But um, here on, when I went, when I went on his podcast for the first time, he was like, I can't believe you ended up touring and you ended up being in a band and doing the whole thing and, and everything that you did, like you didn't even talk in school. Like you were so quiet and his life was like just devoted to music. His mom's a music teacher and it's the opposite for him. He's just like ready to go. And, um, he was just him and, uh, and, and our friend Steve, uh, who's been like the, one of the best bassists from my town period, even elementary school. He was like, I remember being like, like seeing him play like the Seinfeld theme song or just like, <laughs> I don't know if it was the theme song, but it was just like playing slap bass and playing this right. like technical bass in like elementary school. And these are the kids I should have been friends with like immediately, <laughs> like right away. These are, you know what I mean? And I wasn't, I was just, I wasn't, uh, we weren't, we weren't, uh, I wasn't like best friends with them, but I should have been. Um, but yeah, it's just random, man. I, I, a lot of my life has been, um, just kind of not go with the flow, but listening to my gut and when something shows up at your door, answering it. And I think that's what transit was and how I'm even involved with music now and anything that I'm doing. It's, it's been a lot of kind of wandering and stumbling into beautiful things and, and not taking them for granted, um, pretty much. Yeah, nice man. Uh, maybe if you'd hung out with the music kids, you'd have been into like prog rock or something, or making like <laughs> some of the crazy thing, huh? Um, yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> All right. So, so you joined Transit. You kind of ingratiated yourself in there. Um, you know, how were those kind of early days? Um, you said it was kind of more of a kind of kind of rough with the vocals, but as as the band went on, you guys kind of you know, transition to, you know, some thing, passages where you sing very sweetly and, you know, <laughs> the music's very melodic and all this kind of stuff. So um, what could you speak to like the evolution of the band a little bit from those early days? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's always been about who do we love and it, the, the band, in my opinion, was always a blender of taking what we love and making something new. Um, I know that, Daniel, our drummer, is always um, really into hip hop. Hip hop influenced him more than anything um, with Transit. And with Tim, it was a lot of amazing bands that just brought the riffs, like Braid. Um, he was, I know he was, he was really into, um, so each record has like different favorite bands. And mm -hmm. early Transit had, this is the best, this is the easiest way to describe it. Each record has influences from um, early like each record has a favorite band list and I could name the bands of every record, but, um, so let it out was lifetime and saves the day. That was our first EP. Um, this will not define us was, uh, get up kids, American football, um, promise ring. 
local bands too. There's definitely a few local bands that heavily influenced us. And then Stay Home for me was uh, Silent Majority uh, from Long Island. It was Modest Mouse, Lonesome Crowded West. Um, it was Seaweed. Um, who else? My cats are going crazy. You can hear them <laughs> in the background. Um, um, but, uh, and then, yeah, from there it was, it was, I guess, um, instrument, instrument wise, it was just giving, like giving a fuck, like trying to sound better, trying to give people more, um, give people something better to listen to of quality. But for me as a fan and to create my own stuff and just kind of be that blender, um, yeah, uh, I went from that. Uh, biggest influences on me overall have always been Tegan and Sarah, Death Cab for Cutie, Broken Social Scene is probably my biggest influence. I love them so much. Um, I listen to them and I never feel like it's gotten old. They figured out a way to make the songs always seem to me like it's my first time listening, like a lot of classic bands do. Um, but yeah, they're probably my favorite indie band of all time. It's probably Broken Social Scene, which is very different than Transit. Um, but so is hip hop to Daniel's drums, you know? So it's, you really don't know until you ask, I guess. But like, that's my, that's my, that's the band that when I first heard them, I was like, man, I want to do music forever now. Like I want to write songs until I can't anymore. I want to write songs until, you know, just, just till the end of my life. Um, so that, that band was a big influence on Transit. Musically overall, I mean, there's some obvious influences like American night. I mean, American uh, football um, being a big one and just kind of like uh, like uh, Midwestern emo or I don't know. They, I feel like the names changed a few times, the genre name, but I remember it was called like mm-hmm. Twinkle Daddies at one point and just kind of like really, really cool guitar riffs with really crazy tunings. And, and that was a big influence as well. But uh, for me, it was the bands that I listed off are the biggest yeah and there is you know each of those albums does kind of sound like quite different to be honest and um yeah i suppose even the late the, the last one joyride that's kind of more like i'd call that like an indie record or something because it's uh yeah uh, it kind of yeah, steers away yeah. from that punk vibe but it's still there the undercurrent right yeah because what transit is is we're, we, we were a punk band and then we were a pop punk band but if a lot of the members you know we don't feel like we were a pop punk band we were just always just a band that wanted to keep changing our sound and a lot like um, saves the day and piebald. I feel like those two bands did exactly what they wanted to do and they changed their sound to be what, what, what they were into as far as listeners, not so much of trying to be the best of a genre or, you know, stick with the genre or stay with the core, keep the core fan base or anything like that. We weren't about that. We were literally about what do we love and, how do we make something new that we're all that all of us as individuals are going to be fans of? And then we're going to, then we're going to share that with, with people. Um, that's really what it was. Young New England, we were obsessed with Gaslight Anthem. So we literally got uh, Gaslight Anthem's uh, producer at the, t- uh, one of their recent producers, the guy who worked on 59 Sound, Ted Hutt. So, you know, the, the sound changed dramatically from that record because we were obsessed with the Gaslight Anthem. So it was like, yeah, like we want to do a record like that or something close to it. And uh, Joyride was um, more of a kind of wine. Uh, I say it was more like older transit records um, in the vein of what we wanted to do. It was less blunt about this is what we want to sound like. It was just another blender of what we loved at the time. 
when you're kind of like um i want to get into a little bit about kind of like the the specific process with writing and you know this doesn't have to be um you know transit related at all you know because I, I know that you do things outside of that um the way that you kind of approach writing do you still um do you still kind of strum things out on the guitar when you're uh making it like vocal melodies and stuff or um yeah yeah how does that go the trick to writing for me like what i do is um you have to chase what feels new you have to chase what's exciting to you um so what you do is you just kind of i don't really get writer's block i'll just stop writing for a while and then i'll write a bunch of stuff in like a sitting or the best songs i've ever written and and, and um, one of the ones that i'm excited to put out pretty soon um once we get it once we get the mix and masters back uh, it's called is called uh, dream world and I wrote that in one sitting. So I pretty much get an instrument, like I'll get the track or the demo or like two riffs that will eventually become the song. And I will listen to it probably about 20 times, 30 times. And then I will sit down and then try to write the entire song in one go. Um, I know that a lot of my favorite songwriters do that. Uh, or have done that with their best songs. Um, Death Cab has that with uh, Follow You Into the Dark. Um, he wrote that in like 10 minutes. Okay. So I, I think of these interviews that I've seen or these stories that I hear and I, I take them to heart and I try to, I try to try to get on the level of the musicians that I love. I don't know if I'm there or if I'll ever be there, but I want to be there and I'll strive to be there. Um, so yeah, um, I will get, I'll, I'll try to write in one sitting and then it's really weird, man. Like I also remember Beatles writing yesterday where it was, um, the original lyrics were scrambled eggs. And I'll also try doing that. I'll write random songs about nothing and joke songs. My side project long lost started from a joke band, um, like a joke acoustic songs. We wrote like five of them. And, uh, yeah, I'll just try to say like, I'll listen to this. I go, okay, this is the thing. This is a song. This is a theme of some kind. It's got a personality. It's got its own um, life to it. And what can I do to enhance it? And um, what can I do to allow it a voice and allow it to translate what it's trying to say? And I, I what I love about being a songwriter is I, I never really truly know. I've never mastered it or, or feel like I figured it out. I've just had a lot of these really cool epiphany moments um, that I've captured and recorded. And it, it, it almost feels scientific. It almost feels like I'm in a laboratory and, you know, I, I need to solve this equation or this, you know, this problem. And, and that's how it feels like I'm working on one song right now. Um, let's see. I'm working on one song right now, uh, Matt, who I'm working on songs with, um, Matt Morin, and the project's called Narrowcast. Um, I literally have lines that I think are the coolest lines that rhyme. And they don't, it's not that they're not meaningful, they sound incredibly meaningful uh, out loud, but do I know what it is? No. I don't know what this is about. I don't know what the song is about. All I know is it's very visual. It's very, it's got a lot of style in it. And, um, it speaks to me and it hits me like a hammer. Like it, it punches through my normal lyrics. That would be like, you know, a normal song, like a love song or a breakup song or something like that. And it hits me in a different way and it fits the vibe of the music so well. So I'm going to tinker with this until I feel like it's done. 
And then I'm going to edit the ends and eyes and make it meaningful, you know? So there's different ways I approach it. I'll have a song that's just exactly how I'm feeling and I'll pour my heart out in one. And then I'll have songs that more start from visually or uh, it visually speaks to me or it um, vibe wise, it speaks to me or just, um, I don't know. It, 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 it's weird. It's, I don't, I don't really know how to explain, explain it. I'm terrible at explaining it, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, but that's what it is. I just try to keep it weird, man. I try to yeah, yeah. Keep it weird in a good way and chase the weird uh, is what makes good songs. My opinion. Yeah, I, you know, not wanting to recycle things that people may have already heard, but I remember on on the You Gotta Hear This podcast, you you guys are all talking about um, kind of your favorite lyricists, and it was one of the episodes a while ago, and one of the guys was talking about uh, a songwriter who just like writes songs from different perspectives, from like the perspective of his cat or whatever. Yeah. Tries to, you know, do things. I can't remember the name of the guy. John K. Sampson from uh, right, We right. yeah. yeah. So you know, do you, do you ever kind of do anything like that? You know, just kind of, no, I nope. don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I feel like I'm, I'm so annoying about this, but I, I try so hard not to copy anyone's ideas that I literally, <laughs> once I, once I found out he wrote songs from the perspective of his cat, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Transit has a song about a cat named Elvis, um, a stray cat um, and indoor voices, but it's not from the cat's perspective. It's just about a cat that just kept surviving all these winters and just wouldn't just would just keep going. And it was very, it was a very inspiring animal. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, we only have one song about a cat and that's called indoor voices off of the acoustic uh, release called something left behind. Uh, but no, no, I, I, I'm more of visual. I, I really like dark, visual lyrics, um, thought provoking lyrics at this point. Um, I'm using a lot of influences for narrow cast are a lot of, um, thrillers, um, a lot of high fantasy novels, like, um, like just certain words or certain descriptive words and not, not writing about dragons or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, it, it's, it's visually, I'm taking a lot of influences and, uh, stuff like that from, from high fantasy, like descriptive, a lot of, uh, painters that are also artists. I mean, that are also authors. I really love their work and I feel like they have the, the, the strongest way of describing a color. So I, I look into that and then for dark lyrics, cause I feel like I'm a very happy person. Um, I am not a depressed person. I'm very happy. I write really sad songs because I love sad songs. I feel like sad songs are the most truthful, the most honest, and they help people the most. They help myself the most when I listen to them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big mix. So what I'm working on now is I'm going back to the roots of anything I've ever been into create creative, uh, creativity wise. And, uh, I'm getting a lot of influence from old video games from like super Nintendo and NES and, just like RPGs and, and, and you wouldn't, you're going to, you're going to listen to these songs and you're going to be like, I don't understand. I, I can't p- piece this together, but it's going to sound like stuff I've written in the past, like from transit. So it's not going to, I don't feel like it's going to alienate anyone, but it's going to be, you know, emotional, dark songs, but the individual words that I have found or have used now compared to then with transit is influenced by the things that I've just mentioned. Um, 
which I love because I'm so excited to get into those things and to play more video games or read more books or, or listen to more, you know, um, you know, great bands and let it inspire me. So, um, that's what I'm the most excited about is I still feel as giddy and as excited as the first song that I worked on, you know, with transit and Tim's garage all, all those years ago. So I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I could be any more excited about writing music. Awesome, man. Yeah. And, you know, with that, I know obviously there's a, a pandemic and everything's going on at the moment. So without putting too much of like a, a timeline on it, um, yeah. wh- when can we kind of like expect more um, from this, from, from the EP and from the project? I mean, um, are you even able to record at the moment? Or? Yeah. So I have, yeah. I have uh, equipment at home. Um, and then I have uh, my friend Gage Owens, um, who lives in High Point in uh, North Carolina. He's been recording, um, he's been recording my vocals. And then uh, Adam Lazar from Taken Back Sunday uh, recorded uh, my vocals in his home setup before um, the pandemic. So right now I'm not recording and I haven't been too much except for on my own. Um, when I work with Gage, he's in a separate room. I have a mask on when, you know, we're, we're, we're in the same room together. But um, yeah, I was able to do um, two songs and then um, I got to do guest vocals on John uh, John Nolan's wife's uh, record, um, her, uh, Camille. Um, so I was on, um, I got to record about three songs worth of vocals since the pandemic. Um, but recorded and done, I have, um, so I have uh, three songs of the, three songs recorded, done, mastered, done, completely done. Then I have um, one cover completely done. Then I have a second cover almost done. We have like, you know, a couple parts to work on and then, you know, add, add some more guitars and stuff like that. So that's five there. And then I have two um, that are in the process of getting mix and master that we're going to put out first. Um, so that's seven tracks. And then written, I have about three or four um, I'm gonna let this cat in. Uh, I got, yeah, go uh, ahead, man. Three, I got like three or four, um, that are done written. So I have a good amount of material. It's just when I'm, I'm doing it on my own versus going to a studio, living at a studio, you know, having a label back everything. Um, without that, it definitely takes a lot longer to, to get it all done, but, right. but it's right. definitely worth it. Give it a little, come on, come on, come on. All right, let's go. Come on. Oh, what a tweety. Yeah, this is this is going to be audio only, but uh, yeah, I'm looking oh, okay. at a, a big sweet ginger cat right now. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I, didn't know, I didn't know if it was, if it was audio only. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, where were we? Uh, you were just saying on uh, the finishing up of, well, mm-hmm. uh, of, of, the, of the EP, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, I want to, if I can have my home set up, my home setup like done, like ha- have like kind of an isolated room, I would probably be able to put out a lot more stuff, but it also takes someone there to kind of listen while you're recording and be like, I like this, this works, this doesn't. Wow. That was amazing. Got to You got to focus on here. So I like having, you know, a second voice in the room as well, which when you record at home, you know, it's more of a demo that's, recorded really well you know what i mean a better recorded demo yeah. which is as a music listener I, I i love that i've listened to a lot of uh death cat for cutie demos that i i love um um but 
Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna. My goal is to continue going to Gage because uh, when I record with my my friend Gage, he brings the best out of me. He's weird in all the best ways. Like we sang vocals through an old piano, so we put the microphone behind the piano and I sang through all the keys, and that was crazy. Uh, we did a take where I I followed his cat around the room, <laughs> and I sang. <laughs> And that made the song uh, that's on uh, Palm Reader. Um, so we just do like weird stuff, have fun, right. um, yeah. not take ourselves too seriously, but make sure it sounds as good as it can. And uh, I, I can't believe that like I kind of uh, it's funny when you, you do music and, and you go off on this journey, uh, you, you you don't think it's, you know, when, when, when transit, you know, called it a day and, you know, everyone kind of started doing their own thing after Joyride you know, I wasn't sure if music would come back into my life as, as much or be there for me. And it really, it really has, uh, it, it feels like a, an, a community and a club and, and something or a family that's always going to be there, uh, for you, no matter what. And, you know, um, I feel that now very strongly. So. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Cheers. Um, I've had a, a couple of other questions for you. Uh, um, so you've been recording at the same time. Um, what have you kind of been listening to alongside that? Oh, um, I've been listening to recently, recently, like this week, last week, I've been listening to the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs um, and Karen O's um, solo stuff. Um, that's just incredible. Um, uh, I've been listening to a lot of the doors. A lot of the podcast has changed the way and what I listen to. It's made me kind of put, you know, have a week where I'm just listening to this band or this band, excuse me. Um, Aesop rock has been probably the biggest, the most I've listened to from any artist since I moved to North Carolina, um, a few years ago. Um, I'm obsessed with Aesop Rock's music. His lyrics are insane. Um, he's doing something that a lot of people aren't. And I feel like he, it's just, it's just so refreshing to, to for his lyrics are so refreshing to me that I always feel inspired. Um, favorite song right now of the last few years has been um, Big Star has been uh, September Girls by Big Star, which is, if you don't know who Big Star is, um, they were the theme song for that 70s show. So they re-recorded one of their songs for the theme song of that 70s show. And uh, they're just an amazing band. They wrote, they inspired the replacements. They inspired the Goo Goo Dolls. They inspired a lot of really great alternative bands, Gaslight Anthem. Um, and I just love, I just love the guitar tone and I love Alex Chilton's lyrics. Uh, he's, he's definitely one of my favorite lyricists. Um, but yeah, really just right now, it's just been the doors. Uh, let me see. I'm just scrolling through uh, my, my kind of playlist. M83, The Hot at Nights. If you've never heard this band, you need, this is the, probably the best recommendation um, I could give you right now is there's a band uh, from North Carolina called The Hot at Nights. And they have an album called Three Kids. And it's unbelievable. Um, definitely check that out. Uh, I listen to a little bit of a good amount of Brian Fallon's, uh, solo stuff. And I went down the rabbit hole of, uh, say, say ocean. Uh, I listened to translating the name, uh, EP, a good amount, uh, Butch Walker, Anthony green, uh, replacements again against me. I went down a re really 
uh, listened to all of against me, uh, not too long ago, probably about a month or two ago. And, um, yeah, that's just, just a sum. Yeah. Nice, man. I always find when you're kind of on Spotify or whatever, kind of click a song that you want to listen to. And then like 30 tracks down, you could be listening to something completely different, like, or like weird. Um, yeah. I was listening to like some Counting Crows and, uh, nice. like in like 20 songs time, it got onto like Hootie and the Blowfish. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever listened to these guys. You know, I know who they are, but, um, I when I was a kid, when I was a kid, and he had that Hootie and the Blowfish has that lyric, "The dolphins make me cry." I thought it was a dolphin, like dolphins. He loves dolphins so much, like horses make me cry, or like, <laughs> or you know what I mean. Like I, I didn't even put together that he was talking about a team. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Looking back at like all these lyrics you miss here when you're a kid, um, like Fleetwood Mac had uh, "Just Like the White Wing Dove." Um, that that song when i was a kid i thought it I was like really young i thought it it was about uh i think i thought she said just like the white ranger sings a song sounds like he's singing <laughs> and if you don't know power rangers is tommy the white ranger and he was yeah. the green ranger and he sang a song like he had a, a flute a dagger flute and for some reason as a kid i was so sure that's what she was singing about because i was an idiot um, <laughs> Well, you make that connection based on based on your knowledge, right? So yeah, the White Ranger, he's a singer. Yeah, yeah, he's a I singer. Him, I don't remember him playing music though. I, I the do, Green I did Ranger the did. I had I to stretch it so I, I because Tommy ah. was the Green Ranger and then the White Ranger. He like evolved in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the TV show. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a few I've been listening to. What else you got? uh yeah so i mean you know we covered quite a lot already actually you're very you you're kind of very precise with your answers it's really good man <laughs> thanks um, i i am still waking up and stumbling across <laughs> all my words so i no, feel like not I'm at all, man. Not at not, definitely not 100 awake yet but uh <laughs> yeah so here's another one for you um obviously lacking a bit of live music at the moment um you know aside from kind of getting out and playing your own shows and playing with your own projects and bands um who you kind of, you know, where, where would you want to go kind of first? If you gave you a, a kind of ticket to see any gig right now, who would you want to go see? Right now it would be the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs if they were playing shows. Um, if it could be anybody, I would definitely want to see them after listening to the amount that I had. And uh, yeah, um, I don't know, man. Uh, I really wanted to see Brian Fallon when he was coming through. And then it was on my birthday, actually, on March 15th. Um, he was going to play here. And then, um, I didn't go, I don't know what happened. We didn't end up going, but I was also because of COVID not wanting to go into big areas or, or, or venues or anything like that. But I definitely want to make that up. Bands I really want to see live. Um, I really want to see the bouncing souls live. I real like, if I could just pick any bands that I'd want to see live, uh, bouncing souls. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What if we introduced a uh, time travel into this equation? If you could kind time of travel. See, see anybody uh, anytime. Oh, anytime I was, the doors, man. I would love to see the doors live. Um, especially that, like just all the ridiculousness around them and like them at their like craziest when they had like a tour that got canceled, like just to kind of see history, I guess. Um, I would, I mean, there's just so many, man. Um, the Beatles, of course, it's funny. I, there's so many people that, that, that either this is like, like I know that it's not for everybody, but like the Beatles is, they're just so goddamn important for, for songwriting. Um, that absolutely the Beatles, um, 
I've seen Modest Mouse quite a few times. I want to see them over and over and over. Um, but yeah, that's a few. I can yeah. Think of. Yeah, that's that's it, man. With the Beatles, like it's about context, right? You, you know, you have to imagine like they were making that music at this time, and uh, you know, that's what kind of younger me never really appreciated when I when I first heard them. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's like I, I, it's it's. I feel like um, same with like Pink Floyd. It's like they're a super group, but instead of being a super group, they were just a band. You know right. that they just happened to have all the members they needed. <laughs> just push it into this whole other category um kind of like stars aligning i feel like the the fact that we even have the beatles to listen to now and we have pink floyd um the stars had to align and we got really lucky so that's what i think a lot of great bands are is stars aligning it's like the what ifs it's like if you have enough variables um you're gonna hit like the jackpot or like at a casino if you pull the lever enough times you're gonna hit a jackpot and i think that's what the beatles were i think that's what pink floyd was and the doors i think there's um every once in a while we get that and uh any of those bands that i would put under that category is who i'd want to see live yeah it's nice yeah yeah Uh, this is slightly uh you know related to that topic about you know right place right time how do you do you feel like that's kind of still a reality, like a, a possibility in kind of today's music scene um, with the way that, you know, bands are signed and the way that things happen now? Like, do you think like we're catching all that lightning in a bottle moment now or, or is the music industry, um, is it too exclusive in terms of uh, what, what really gets put out there? I don't really know, man. Um, I just I, I'm someone who just I just listen to what I love. I just listen to what I listen to. I, I don't really get caught up in a lot of anything else. Um, I would say that music wise, you're pro some of the greatest bands you're ever going to hear. Let me shut my phone alarm off. Um, some of the greatest bands you're going to hear a lot of, some of them are going to be local acts that only like 10 people go to see or 20 people go to see. Um, some of them are going to be bands on tour that you heard, you saw their name and you were like, Oh, that's a stupid name. I don't, I, I don't, I guess I don't like them. You just write them off. It's so random and, and, the, and the best way to find great bands and those super groups is to just spread your feelers out. Like you have to stay open to new music and keep listening to new music. And you know what I mean? And just kind of dive in all over the place to find them now because there's so much music out there. There's when we were touring and this was, you know, years ago, there was thousands of bands on the road at the same time. You know, there was thousands of bands, um, even during Warp Tour, there was bands following Warp Tour that weren't a part of Warp Tour. There was there was just so much music. Music is such an amazing outlet that people want to be a part of. And there's some people that want to do it just for business, which I, I, I don't think they should. And they've always been there. There's always been the bands that are just in it for making money. They're not in it for um, the love of the song or the love of writing a song. And it's more of just like a, a, a scheme to get big. They're, you're always going to have those bands. You had that in like the Frank Sinatra era. You had that throughout all of music almost. And as soon as music became a business or an industry, you've had those type of bands. And then you've had the bands that, just want to play locally that are, some of them are incredible and some of them are so bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would just say that the best way to find great music is just, you know, keep a lookout and, 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 uh, 
don't be like me and just listen to the same bands over and over. <laughs> I, like that's what I do. And I think when you hit a certain age, I think it's like a, tr- I think it's like a common thing that people do. And I'm definitely going through that right now, or I listen to a lot of the same stuff or the podcast has opened me up the most. And then, um, me and my friends will go, um, you know, when, when everything was less crazy, like it is now, we would all like have a weekend where we would all go to a cabin and all bring vinyl records and share music with each other. And I found a lot of great bands through that. That's how I found out about that band, the hot at nights. Uh, that's my, probably one of my favorite bands from North Carolina right now, but yeah, um, you get, you know, just word of mouth, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's really all I have on that. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, uh, it is. It's very easy just to listen to the same stuff that you like over and over. Like, I think kind of everyone is guilty of that. But um, that's what makes finding something new or you know interesting. So um, it kind of feels so good, right? Because <laughs> you kind of can't believe it's always been there, and you just you know never really listened to it. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up everything. Uh, everything I had. So you know, thanks very much for for giving up uh, a part of your morning to do this, man. What have you What have you got planned for the rest of the uh, of the day now? Um, just, just hanging out, um, just working on, so I recently bought a house and I've just been, um, chipping away at everything. Um, you know, hanging, hang posters, um, fixing drywall, hiding, you know, cable wires, just like (laughs) regular stuff. That's pretty much it. And then, um, don't have a topic yet. We don't have a topic figured out for, um, the next podcast episode of you got to hear this. So I'm probably going to reach out to the guys and see what we have cooking up. And then, uh, that's really it. It's kind of, kind of rainy out today, kind of cold. So it's not really, not really going anywhere, but, um, I'm going to work on that song a little bit, um, that I've been tinkering around with, but, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Once again, thanks very much for your time, man. You can, uh, definitely check out Joe and the gang at the, you got to hear this podcast. Um, where else can we find you online? What, what, what can you say? So right now it's just on YouTube. We're gonna, we're gonna, um, eventually put it into audio only, um, in other formats. Um, it's really, so it is, it's definitely a podcast that we're, we're going to, um, hopefully keep doing for a while. Originally, I think it was going to be just 10 episodes and now it's starting to go. We just had episode 11. Um, (laughs) but it's really just a, just an excuse to just talk to, talk to our friend, talk to each other about music once a week and then share it and put it online. So it's less of a, I guess of like trying to get it out there and get it exposed. It's more just like, we're just doing it for fun. And, uh, but yeah, so it's just on YouTube. Uh, we have an Instagram. Um, you got to hear this podcast um, that you can follow us on there. Um, and then my my project's called Narrowcast, and it's uh, me and uh, Matt Morin, and we have uh, the great um, Aviv Marats on drums. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been just tracking a lot, and it's oh, the music's being wor- the music's being recorded up in Massachusetts. Um, we were recording at God city, uh, which is the home of converge, um, you know, Kurt Balu and, um, and all the, all, dude, so many great records have come out of that studio. So the music's getting recorded in one of the coolest places, coolest studios. i just feel very, uh, fortunate and thankful that, that I'm working on something that's getting recorded there. Cause that's one of the literally, oh man, I just have so much respect for where the music's being recorded for this project. Um, and then we also did some of the instruments, um, more of like a home setup, kind of like where maximum sound was, I guess, Aviv who plays drums in my project recorded there and, um, has done a lot of work with Gary, uh, in the past. And, uh, so some of the songs are gonna be from that, 
the same similar the same studio pretty much as uh, Joyride. And then some of the songs are going to be from what I think is one of the coolest recording studios. Period. Um, from in Massachusetts, just uh, and then and then uh, everything vocally I did down down here in North Carolina was with Gage Owens and High Point at his home setup. And he's got a great home setup. So I'm just really excited. Um, so look out for that. It's called Narrowcast. And uh, songs should be coming soon. I'm just waiting for the email. I've been checking my email every day. <laughs> um, but as soon as we get those out, uh, I'll be sharing them. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's uh, Joe B, uh, J-O-E-B, Transit M-A. Look me up on Facebook, Joe Boynton. And uh, yeah, m- more music to come and more podcast episodes to come, of course. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, we'll we await with great anticipation. And uh, yeah, have a good rest of your day, man. And just, you know, stay safe. And yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And I'll definitely want to do this again sometime. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much, sir. Take care. Cool. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.